Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Bordiano, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Broadcasting around the world, around the world, around the world, from Jersey City, New Jersey. This is the Talking Metal Podcast. Here are your hosts, Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. We've done it. We have made it to episode 300 of the Talking Metal Podcast. How are you, John? I'm doing pretty good, Mark. Cheers to Cheers. episode big talking 300. Metal talking Guys, metal put up toast. your drink. I'm drinking the uh, Blue Moon here. We are on the home turf Yes, here in Jersey City, New Jersey. The home base, the... Uh, what do you call it? The uh, yeah, home base. Home right? base. Home of base of it all. Metal. Home the, base the of place, talking metal. The, the founding soil of talking yeah, metal. Yeah, absolutely. We are at the Lamppost Bar. This is one of the coolest places I've in never Jersey been here. City. This is a great bar, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. They have bands here. They've got a bunch of TV screens. It's a cool place. Yeah. And it is Jersey City. On the spot, true and true. And I wish we had a video camera because if you could see. What we encountered on the walk here it was just classic, cool Jersey City stuff. Yes. The real deal. Definitely. No we doubt. are actually uh, doing so much. We've done so much stuff, but let's talk about what's coming up. This is okay. our fifth year. This is the 300th episode. This summer, we got to do something crazy. August yeah. will be the five-year anniversary of Talking Metal. No doubt. We have to have some kind of a big event. I already know that people like Metal Mike, people like Bud Friendly. Everybody wants to be involved in that, and... We're going to do it, but yeah. we have to plan it, and we'll keep all you guys posted. We have a, a lot of cool stuff coming up. March 6th, we have the Screaming Metal gig at Dingbats in Clifton. Awesome. That's going to be awesome. We're going to have, of course, the band. The house band is Dan Lorenzo, Alan Tecchio, and T. Coombs from Haiti, Hades. Uh, Alan and Dan, of course, we're also in nonfiction, and we have a bunch of special guests rumored to be showing up at this gig. Including possibly... Numerous members from the band except, except yeah. yeah, at least one of them, maybe yeah, more. Yeah, at least we'll one or more except members. We've got Metal Mike coming down, and and who else? You know, yeah. you you never know who is going to show up at a screaming metal gig. Yeah, maybe so members of Overkill. You never know. So we have so much great stuff. We got the screaming metal gig coming up. We have numerous appearances on MTV 2s Headbangers Ball coming up. Right. We've done a bunch of those already. We did one with Alan Flores from Guitar Hero, one with Ace, one with Zach. Uh, we have Paul Diano, who's going to be coming up on yep. a, a, a current episode. 
uh, I went out to Paul's hotel. That in is the Clifton, most amazing Jersey, story. And hung out with him and shot an interview with him. So you're going to be seeing that on MTV2's Headbangers Ball. And you're going to be hearing it tonight. Yeah, t- in today's podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have Rob Halford coming up uh, on a future episode of MTV2's Headbangers Ball. Now on the perfect time slot. Uh, Monday night. Monday night, it's at 3 a.m. Yeah. 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 So, guys, you know what? If you want to really be metal, stay up and watch it. If you can't stay up, DVR it or yeah. tape it or whatever you got to do, but uh, catch it for sure. And you know what? It's it's amazing. I mean, time slot, crazy time slot or not, uh, it's an honor to be on MTV2 Bangers yeah. Ball. We have Bobby Blitz coming up on the next live show, yeah. which I think March 11th. 11th, it, right. It'll be a Thursday edition of the live show, which we usually do on Tuesdays. So that'll be coming up uh, before you know it. And Richard Christie will be on the podcast. Judas Priestess, yeah. White Wizard, the uh, Morbid Chef, all sorts <laughs> I of I really like the Morbid Chef. Yeah, she, she was, was fun, definitely. All sorts of great guests coming up, so please stay tuned to TalkingMetal.com. We have the wire section, which is rocking every day. Well, maybe not every day, but most days. We're going to try to rock it every day. Updated by John, myself, and Victor in Spain, who's really... Mars uh, Attacks. Yeah, he's really become a part of the Talking Metal family. You have uh, streaming content up all the time on Mark Striegel Radio, including those reruns. If you miss the Talking Metal show, they rerun. You know, the Talking Metal live shows, they rerun on Mark Striegel Radio, so definitely check that out. Uh, we are pitching a new version of the Talking Metal TV show, to, so we'll see what happens with that. And and then in addition to that, we have a brand new, completely different pilot up right now in yes. the Wire section, so you yeah, should check that out. that, actually. Maybe yeah, we'll link that through notes. today's show a, notes. A and that is an amazing version of the radio version of Talking Metal. It's called Talking Metal Pirate Radio. Yeah, and, it's uh, a video show. It's a TV show, actually. Right, it's a yeah. TV show. Kind of like, I don't know, more like maybe like a Howard Stern or an Imus. Not in the content part, but how it's the way shot. It's, the way it's done. The way yeah, it's shot, definitely. Yeah. So we will have that link through today's show notes. Produced uh, and uh, shot and edited by our friend Jay, Jay Bones. Bones. Big yeah. toast to Toast to Jay, Jay Bones. Bones. Yeah. So let me run down. And by the way, tonight, guys, of course, we mentioned we're going to have Paul Deano, singer from early Iron Maiden amazing records he's on we're going to tell you all about mark's encounter with paul diano and it is unbelievable wait to hear this and then before that we are going to feature our interview which was the first exclusive interview that david ellison conducted with anybody really yeah with anyone he issued a few a few lines he issued a brief statement to classic rock right that was the first thing but the actual full-on interview that he actually did with anybody uh, right after joining Megadeth, I think it was announced on a Monday, he was on our live show on Tuesday. Tuesday which was amazing. Yeah. And what was so cool about David Ellison is that you had you had uh, informed me about it and said, hey, let's let's get him on the live show. And I sent him a quick text. And this is how cool David Ellison is. Guy, he's just got into Megadeth, yet he still has time to answer my text, text messages and said, yeah, absolutely. Tell me what time. Give me the phone number and I'll call right in. And that's yeah. how cool he was. And, Great guy. He's been on the show a couple times. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, no doubt. He's been on, I think uh, this will be his third time right. at least on Talking Metal. And uh, really, really nice guy. I interviewed him first at a uh, Les Paul tribute or a Les Paul birthday concert or something uh, in Manhattan. And then the second time he came over to my apartment, which was amazing. And uh Tried out all the guitars and dug all the Kiss gear that I got, and um, 
and we had a, a good time and did a great interview. And now this will be the third time, and uh, I can't wait till we all meet up probably at the next Megadeth show. Yeah. Which would be cool. Yes, definitely. So, uh, and just to go back over our, our past Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. For the, the last th- 300 episodes, I mean, we had, you know, basically got in on this podcasting thing, I think kind of on the early side, right. which I think helped which, us. Which, thanks to Mark. That was all thanks to Mark, guys. You know, John and I had appeared on these VH1 shows, uh, metal moments uh, and least metal moments and shocking moments. And and we decided uh, that it would be best if we kind of, since people were like, who the hell are these guys? And I'll be honest, we knew people. You know, I worked at VH1. John worked at VH1. The people at VH1 knew we were knowledgeable people, and they kind of put us in front of the camera. We're thankful that they did that. Um, And, uh, you know, our names were out there, and we kind of thought, you know, we should do something more with this. And we, we put together a podcast and I'm getting choked up actually just saying this. It's yeah. been a, it's been it's, great. It's been man. amazing. We've it had really so much been. fun. We've done backstage interviews at OzFest. We've interviewed Ozzy. I mean, Halford is yeah. on, you know, a pretty, pretty close, uh, 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 personal level with us, you know, yeah, without uh, a doubt. I mean, we Halford, had Halford write us a write song. A song. Yeah. We, Halford, we went on from the VH1 thing to do a, a show on fuse. Right. And, um, which did well. You know, I know we always say this and people don't believe it, but I swear to God, those ratings were good. Yeah. And and the fact that they continued to air it for a full two years after right. we did it, or almost a full two years, yeah. is a testament to that. It and, really is two years yeah. because our first pilot aired in November 2007, and the last time we were on was November 2009. Yes. So, um, and, and believe it or not, guys, when it aired in... Uh, 2009 i'm not sure which one the the, the one weekend we were not only the highest that rated was the show october, of the day, i think october yeah, yeah, yeah we were the highest rated show of the entire weekend beating shows like wayne's world and i mean for a show that we did with ozzy back in 2007 or 8 that aired 20 sometimes that was two years old and all the content was two years old to be the highest rated show on the entire Fuse network for the entire weekend is yeah. a huge thing. We were up against that metal show, which was premiering, I think, their season three premiere that right. weekend. That was with Anvil. And and here they would aired this Talking Metal on Fuse show like 22 times. We beat Talking or that metal show's premiere of season right. three. I mean, it, it, insane. And people yeah, are like, well, why don't you guys have a show then? Well, listen, guys, there's politics involved. People left. The the president, who John was good friends with at Fuse, actually left the company, and uh, new people came in. They wanted new content, although they continue to to, right. to milk those reruns because they right. know we bring in revenue to the station. Right. Uh, the reruns might be dead at this point. I don't know yeah, due knows? to publishing issues. But, um, listen, we are just uh, thrilled to have this new relationship with MTV's Headbangers Ball. Right. And the peop- Andrew and all the people over there have just been great to us. Yeah, Andrew, yeah. John Loscalzo, all those guys are amazing. And what's so cool is that the Headbangers Ball was my favorite show when I was a kid. And just the fact that we have been on at least three, and we're gonna, we have many more to come, episodes of the Headbangers Ball is just uh, amazing. It's a dream come true. And uh, we're thankful that... We could do all this cool stuff because of all you listeners to Talking Metal. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, enough of honking our own horns. What right. is your favorite Megadeth record? You know, I have to say, and this is going to sound like a cliche thing, but whatever was going on in my mind when Peace Sells 
yeah. the song came out and and uh, oh, it's such a great the, record. The record that came with it, um, that has to be my favorite time period for Megadeth. But I have to say that, and and this is not a David Ellefson uh, tune, even though I, I believe that David Ellefson is like the guy that needs to be and must be in Megadeth. I really like United Abominations. I thought that was a great record. Yeah, too. no, definitely, definitely. And it's interesting. Uh, one of the the little controversial moments, uh, not even controversial. One of the the eye opening moments I thought in this interview we did with Dave was when I asked him if if he would be willing to play some of that right. stuff because so, there's so many times like you don't hear Rob Halford doing any of the uh, Ripper Owens era pre right. stuff. Although right. Bruce Dickinson has done like a Blaze song Bailey or, stuff. Yeah, one or two songs maybe, um, which is interesting. Uh, but Ellefson said that he would definitely be into doing yeah, uh, which I think uh, is really cool, stuff. and it just shows how cool David is, is because he, you know, he doesn't mind if a song is cool, he'll play it. And, yeah, you know, and and that's how how cool David is. I, I swear to God, it's it's amazing. Um, back to blowing our own horn again. It's just I'm just blown away at the relationships we've made. Yeah, no, and let's do a toast to that because yeah, we've definitely. made a lot of great relationships. Cheers. And we're not just talking with about the the rock stars. We're talking about with you people. I, I just got yeah. off the phone with Donnie G. Yeah, what a great guy. I mean, so many good friendships. Uh, Victor over yeah. in Spain who does his own show, Mars Attacks. And we've had so uh, many people come in for our concerts. Yeah, I would take another one. Thank you. We are at the lamppost. This is true talking metal style. Yeah. Exciter. We got Christina here. <laughs> yeah, she's the bartender here behind the bar. Exciter is a great guy. Exciter all the way Z-Man. from. And shot a haul. Shot a So many nice guys. And we got Jay Remember those, coming in. Remember the, the, the beautiful uh, artwork. Drawings. Artwork. Yeah. yeah. From, from shot. That was yeah, that amazing. Was shot. Like you know, we will never forget that. Yeah, I got it hanging in my basement. The one with uh, the Zach. Yeah, one. Yeah, those are great. I, I still look at all those pictures, and I can't believe shot that you really like studied those and and took the time to, you know, to really just spend drawing and you know creating art about talking metal and yeah. uh, you deserve a toast for yeah. that all of you shot a hog. you can tell that we like to uh enjoy alcoholic beverages here yeah. on talking yeah, metal yeah definitely yeah. we are the only ones here it's yes. early uh monday president's day president's uh, day anyways uh want to get it we're just having a grand old we're time having a good here. time here Let's and I, guys i hope that you guys enjoy this we, we're not going to like oh i know what i was going to say i was going to say i want to do a toast to the forgotten soldiers talking metal soldiers okay, that have been left it. behind guys like let me throw these names out <laughs> donovan do you remember Donovan? Yeah, Donovan was blind, and hopefully, oh yeah, he is, made those amazing still opens. around yeah. somewhere. Yeah, he did a lot of the show opens that we still use to this right, day. Right, right, those were amazing. And uh, totally, he even called into one of the live shows yeah, at one he, point. Yeah, this guy and, is out of control. Uh, I disappeared, still... gone off the face of the earth. Wow. Haven't heard from him whatsoever. Um, Jared. Remember Jared? Jared, yeah, yes. Who we met up with in New York and did a few podcasts What was that with. bar that we met up at? I don't remember, but uh, we hung out with him. Yeah. It was his Jared friend. Matthews. His friend owned the bar, actually. Right, yeah. Jared Matthews. Yeah. And he even wrote some reviews on Talking Yeah, about. and haven't heard from him for we gotta years find Jared. So Donovan, um, Jared. Okay, who else do we got to look for? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. How about Bert Gabriel? He's still Bert around. Bert Gabriel is uh, not as much as he used to, but right. he does occasionally Bert Gabriel, service. where are you? Yeah, cool. Let's get into the interview with David Ellefson of Megadeth. Hey, David, it's Mark from Talking Metal. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. What's going on? David, it's uh, John Astronomy, 
It was great to talk to you earlier today. The metal community is completely going crazy because we are so excited that you are back in Megadeth. Thank you very much, and I'm very, very happy to be back. Can you give us a brief rundown of how this actually came about? Was this something that was in the making for a while or something that happened suddenly? No, it, it's, it, it, it totally happened really just over the last couple of days. And, um, um, you know, they, they, I, I got a, a text actually about something, and, uh, you know, I guess there was a transition that was going to be happening, and, uh, um, you know, they, I, I, they reached out to me, and, and uh, you know, Dave and I, you know, we've spoken actually in even in kind of recent months, last year, you know, we, we touched base, and I got to say, Dave has been good about reaching out to me over the last several years that we've not worked together, and, and um but for you know one reason or another, it just never seemed to click and you know to hook hook back up. And this just seems to be one of these moments where the heavens parted, the planets aligned, and it all worked out. Good. Well, the heavy metal community could not be more excited by this news. Um, for me personally, it's always felt like there's been a missing link there in in, in Megadeth the last few years, and uh, just very excited that you're back in the fold. Well, thank you very much. And, and I, man, my, I've just been getting tons of uh, emails and phone calls, of course. And, yeah, that, that seems to be the, the, uh, the feeling I get about it. So I, I certainly appreciate everybody who's, uh, you know, been paying attention to the other things I've been doing uh, in recent years. And I, I certainly appreciate everybody who has, uh, you know, been a Megadeth fan for, for all these years. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. And I think the timing is certainly coming up on this Rust in Peace tour. Yeah, 20 uh, years. You know, it's funny is, I mean, you know, all these albums are, are coming to their 20 and 25 year maturity now. And uh, which is for me, it's kind of odd to think that it was that long ago that we made them, you know, for one thing. <laughs> but uh, but, uh, um, but at the same time, it's like it, as as the band is, you know, continues to go on and is is still relevant and and has made such a big, you know, stamp here in, in the heavy metal and just the music community, period. It's uh it's I'm just, you know, I, I'm I'm very honored as a, you know, member back in the group now that 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 the fans just love this music so much. So I'm it, it's a, it was a thrill to get to roll up my sleeves and dig in and go play it again. And and you guys are playing every song off the record, the right record in its entirety, correct? That is the plan. Yep, exactly. Play the record in its entirety. And uh, and then after that, there, you know, there'll be obviously some other songs because it'll be a, a headlining set but um you know i think there's just a real excitement you know sean drover is is uh you know a big uh megadeth you know a big fan of the megadeth music you know and he's uh he's really got a spirit and a passion for it and i see why he and dave work so well together and you know the and you know the two of them just wrote head crusher which was nominated for a grammy which i was happy for them on that and uh um you know, Sean, Sean's got the right spirit, the right, the right heart for this, and and I mean, the guy just bleeds metal. So it's it's he's he's a great a great. I'm glad, I'm glad to be in a band with him. I was going to ask David if you had been friends with Sean in the past. I have not. Um, you know, initially, he and his brother Glenn came over to see me at the Nam show. This when they first got in the band, so that would have been. What two thousand four maybe right like I that. Think so, yeah. and they came over and they just said hey you know you know just wanted to say hello and we're big fans and you know and obviously they were you know playing in the group at that time and and so that was really about it I I didn't you know I hadn't been on any close communications at all and and uh, but uh, you know he 
you know, and I'd see him at NAMM shows and stuff like that. He was always, you know, very cordial and would always make an effort to come over and see me, and we'd hang out and talk a little bit. And, um, you know, just to kind of, you know, keep – again, like you said, he goes, look, I'm a big fan of what you did for the band, you know. So I think he was just genuinely thrilled that there's going to be an opportunity here like this to make this happen and um you know and i and and it, it seems to be that the fans are as, as excited so uh that obviously puts a little skip in my step and and uh, a lot of great work up ahead here this year too with all the shows and the touring and everything that's on the on the calendar so without a doubt yeah i mean the big four and you know everything else that's going on here you know so it just it's really it's you know it's funny it, not only is the rust and peace record in its 20-year cycle you know uh anniversary but it's like a lot of things in this world go in 20-year cycles, you know? Right. And And this is just that time where, you know, Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, just all this stuff, it's all just kind of lining up. And, you know, for all of us that formed these little thrash bands back in the early 80s, and, you know, here we are all these years later and into a new millennium. Yeah, <laughs> as well. Yeah. You as know well. what I mean? We're able to still go out and, and play and that we're all, you know, relevant and vibrant is is really just an amazing thing. I mean, that, that right there is really a testimony to the fans is what that is because I, the fans I'm, have kept us alive. It is. And when you look at the bands that you're going to be playing with, like Exodus and Testament, Anthrax, Slayer, and Metallica, it's just amazing that all you guys are still around and, like you said, still so relevant to not only guys like John and I, who were fans back in the day, but to a whole new group of kids. I mean, what is it like when you go out there and see such young kids into the music? Well, you know, that's what I find. You know, my son is 14, and and his... Uh and, you know, he just knows me as his dad, you know. But all of his friends are starting to get into Megadeth and Metallica, and, you know, so they're more into it than he is, quite honestly. So it was kind of exciting for me to watch him uh, be old enough to actually comprehend what just happened here yesterday, you know, and, and watch this and go, holy cow, wow, you know. So, but you're right, it's, it, that is what it is. There's, like, now another generation, you know, what is it, two years ago, I think, right, when Iron Maiden just did their big tour. They're somewhere back in time. Right. Before. Yep. You know, I went out to that and uh, to go check that out. And, and uh, you know, here are people my age and even maybe even a year or two older. But, you know, there they are. And right next to them are all their kids. You know, there's like, sure. I, I, remember, I just have this vision of this one dad and he's had like three or four of his boys there and they were all in Iron Maiden shirts, you know, and, <laughs> and it kind of hit me to go, you know, that's kind of where the Megadeth legacy is, is heading. And, and now here a couple years later, that is exactly where we are. And so, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, there really is another, a whole new younger generation, the next generation coming up the ranks that are, that are going up fans of this music. And I think a lot of that is from Guitar Hero and Rock Band and that. I mean, those games have really, uh, you know, breathed a whole new life into the next generation who probably find out about a lot of this music through the gaming community. Without right. a doubt. And now Rust in Peace is going to be available or already is available for Rock Band, I think. I don't That's, know. yeah, exactly. That uh, David just told me that, and then I just saw that. Well, I guess it was on Megadeth.com I saw it, so. Cool. Now, logistically, you guys have some work to do within the next month because the tour with Exodus starts in March, right? Yes, exactly. Yep, starts in March, uh, March first, actually. So it's just a it's just a four week tour around North America. Um, you know, fortunately, Dave and I know those songs. Right. You know? <laughs> um, but but it's ironic because uh, um, 
And there's one song in particular that I'm really looking forward to playing, which is Five Magics. That's just one of my favorite songs. That and Polaris, quite honestly, but especially Five Magics is just, I remember when me and Nick Menzo were recording it as if it were last week, you know, it was just one wow. of those musically just ferocious songs. And, uh, you know, that music is very, very progressive. I mean, if it didn't have distorted guitars, it, they would probably have called it jazz instead of heavy metal. Right. You know? So, right. uh, cause it's very, very progressive, but, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we played Holy Wars, Hangar 18, Take No Prisoners a little bit, um, played Tornado Souls and Lucretia, you know, over the years, kind of, you know, in and out of the set list over the years. But all the rest of the songs, we've never played them live before, yeah. um, as best I remember. So, I mean, Polaris and Five Magics. Uh, actually, we played Dawn Patrol a few times, you know. But, but you know, probably half that album has never been performed live. So that, that really makes it a pretty special treat. Absolutely. Not only for the fans, but for us as the, as the guys playing it. And you, Yeah. So another question regarding the set list. You mentioned that you will do some, some other songs, obviously not from Rust in Peace. Are you opposed right. to playing any of the Megadeth stuff that didn't have you on bass off the last few records? No, not at all. I mean, I like Head Crusher. I think it's really a cool tune, quite honestly. Um, and, you know, there's some other things that kick the chair. And, you know, it, in fact, it, I was even kind of joking with Dave. You know, there's a few songs, um, as there always are with Megadeth songs, there's always things that, you know, just there. we may have written them at a certain time, and it, it takes sometimes several years before they ever get put onto a record. Like even Set the World Afire, that song was originally called Megadeth. And mm. it took three albums into our career before we actually recorded it. And um, it's one of the first songs Dave played for me when I met him back in 1983, quite honestly. Wow, so, interesting. Yeah, so there's some songs that he's you know put here, even on recent records, that... Um, uh, like 1320 were, you know, little seeds and germs of things from many years ago. And, you know, I know that's just how Dave writes, you know, he'll write things and, and, uh, you know, kind of catalog them away. And for whatever reason, they, you know, you, you kind of, you plant them, they, they germinate. And sometimes it's many, many years later before they actually make it under records. And that's sometimes that's just how the songwriting goes in this band. Now, David, have you had a chance to talk with all the guys from the hell project and from F5? And have they wished you uh, well in this tour? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Hale guys actually have, there's some dates coming up um, that I know they were looking at trying to do in March and then even some stuff coming up um, into, I think, mean, kind of late May, June and things like that. And, you know, and look, and some of these things, you know, um, obviously we talk about me participating in them, but the, the main thing with... Uh, you know, with like with Hale was was always just a celebration of metal. You know what I mean? It's a right. fun thing. We never recorded any records. We never went out and did that. That band was never formed under that premise. You know, and a lot of people ask us, "Dude, when are you going to record some you know original songs?" But that was never the, the the plan with that. That group was always just well-known musicians getting together, playing you know a catalog of all the fan favorites. You know, that uh, not only from our own bands but from other bands that we grew up listening to as well. And, and so that was really the whole spirit of that band. And, and it's interesting because we, even as we were forming, it was like, look, this, this should be a rotating uh, membership here. Right. Um, because it's unrealistic to think that we all live in sometimes a couple of different continents that we're all going to be available at certain times. And the phone may ring for some really fun, cool opportunities. So, um, you know, I've been, obviously in the bass chair, you know, from the very beginning. But it's funny, a couple of weeks ago, we just did some shows in New York at B.B. King's, and Frank Bellow came up and played. 
right. uh, from Anthrax. And I told the guys the next night when we played our show in Boston, I said, look, guys, if for any reason, and at that time I did not know this Megadeth thing was on the boiler at all, um, I said, uh, look, if for any reason I can't do a future Hale show, you guys should call Frank Bellow because he's great. He's cool. Great player, yeah. He's a great player. Yeah, and I was just like, look, you sounded great last night at the New York show. So, you know, I always, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's, uh, he's uh, a good candidate for for a, for a base dude for, for Hale. Cool. No doubt. So, David, man, we really appreciate that you took the time in this crazy time to call into Talking Metal Live. And uh, I had a blast when you came over to uh, my place in Jersey City a couple, maybe a year ago for, for the interview. And you were always super cool to me. And I just want to say thank you again, man. And good luck on this tour. We can't wait to see you. Great. Thanks very much, you guys. See you later. Take cool. Care. Take care. And this is Hangar 18, a classic Megadeth song. We're going to be right back with Richard Christie here in the Talking Metal Studios. Hangar 18, Megadeth.
was some classic Megadeth featuring David Ellison, Dave Mustaine, and the gang. I'm so glad that they're back together, and I can't wait till they come around. Yes. We had such a blast hanging out with Dave Mustaine, too. We can't we did, yeah. not yep. mention that. I mean, and if you yeah. haven't seen those clips, you have them up on uh, yeah. what, our video page on the, on the site you know what, or I'm the YouTube sure. page? I think it's on the YouTube page. YouTube.com slash Talking Metal. I try to separate it, guys. The, the stuff that TV Guide puts up on their page, that's now what's in our video page. And then the stuff that we put up in our YouTube page, that's a separate thing that you have to click the YouTube link for. Cool. Cool. So many different platforms. We've got the MySpace page, yeah. uh, the Facebook thing. Is that dead? Or? No, the Facebook thing is back. Um, I figured out how to tap into it. Guys, we kind of forgot how to get into our Facebook page, but we figured that out. Again. And, uh, and then I have a Facebook page. And... Um, Twitter.com Twitter slash page. Talking Metal. And then I know, guys, you've seen on the top of the site, and I'm sorry, Mark, I'm apologizing to you, that I have a Vimeo button that does not work because I wanted to set something up on that. That's yet oh. another platform. Okay. It's similar to a YouTube, and a lot of people go there to watch videos. And what's amazing is, like, certain videos, I, I even think Britney Spears, like, premiered a video on Vimeo, so cool. check that out in the future. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of content coming to you on Talking Metal on the podcast here. So please subscribe through iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. Definitely. We're going to get into the Paul Deano interview right now. And uh, maybe you want to tape 301 while we're at it? Yeah, let's do it. And right. before we get into the interview, I want to explain to all the Talking Metal listeners what you did for Paul Deano. Yeah, get this, guys. Now, we, check this out. Yeah, yeah we, we wanted to shoot Paul for the MTV uh, Headbangers Ball, too. And... Um, as well as the you know the talking metal interview that you're about to hear, uh, so it it was tough. He canceled on us. Uh, John and I were going to go during the day, and his right. plane was got messed up or something. So, anyways, um, he played in Clifton, New Jersey, which we were not at Dingbats, coincidentally, right. where we're going to be playing with Screaming Metal. On and March you know what's even 6th. funnier? I stayed. I live like 20 minutes away from Dingbats, and I stayed at the hotel the last Screaming Metal gig that oh, Paul Diano okay. stayed at. Right. Yeah. So uh, he he uh, played Dink Mats, um, and then he, the next night he was playing on 42nd Street in New York City, BB um, King's Blues Club. John was wrapped up in something, couldn't uh, couldn't attend. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. So uh, Jay Bones, uh, who is our camera guy for Talking Metal, um, he drove me out to the hotel in New Jersey. We recorded and shot the interview with Paul Diano, then. We were told that Paul needed a ride to the gig, so we that is we, amazing. Yeah, we drove Paul and his uh, his assistant into uh, into Forty Second Street and got all sorts of stories on the way in, uh, talking about what an asshole Dennis Stratton is, and wow. uh, you know, talking about Steve Harris's daughter. You know, she's nice, but she doesn't have very many good songs and all sorts of great stuff. Uh, and Jay Bones actually ended up uh, staying, hanging, yeah, hanging out after the show um, to the wee hours of the morning, partying with Paul Diano. So uh, there you go. I've been a Maiden fan since I met a bunch of cool kids at school who actually like metal. From the first time I met some other people who were into metal, the main group that we were into was Maiden. Cool. And we used to collect Iron Maiden pins. Did you yeah. guys have those oh, little yeah, yeah, pins definitely. in yep. Chicago? Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and you know whoever had the coolest pins was like the coolest kid. And there was yeah. a guy; his name was Len Hoffman. And uh, I'm gonna have to uh, make sure Len here hears this. Len 
during high school got an Eddie tattoo. And like none of us were cool enough to even think of getting tattoos at that point. And right. Len had Eddie all over his forearm, and uh, he was like the number one Maiden fan. Wow, cool. Without a doubt. Excellent. Paul definitely rocks all those old Maiden classics still in concert. So if, if you have a chance, when Paul comes through your town, definitely check him out. He is the real deal. And I it's a rare it. thing because, yeah. you know, sometimes he has a little bit of difficulty getting into the U.S. and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yep, and he is back. So make sure you after, see him. I think 17 years, Paul wow. Diano, back in the United States. Let's get into the interview. Here's a little classic Maiden, followed by our interview, and we'll wrap up today's show with The Living Dead. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys, for 300 episodes. You made this all possible. You made my dream come true. Thank you, guys. CBGB's was yeah, anymore. Yeah. It's just it's totally changed oh, so God, much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they cleaned it up a little since that was last year. You know, but um, yeah, and we're trying to find Joy Ramon Place. Well, I said, I'm stupid. She goes, I've lived there all my life. I said, Joy Ramon Place. She's like, who's he? I don't even know who. I, was, oh, I don't think I know him. So he's not a neighbor. I'm not like, a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I, I, you know what I've done? I put the sign up really high now because people keep stealing it. Nah. Right. It's me I couldn't get a photograph done with it. Really yeah. pissed off because it reminds my fucking nose. Oh, cool. <laughs> Greatest in the world. <laughs> so, Jay, whenever you're ready. And anything that, uh, if there's any questions you don't like or anything, just tell me. We can edit that out. Yeah. Talk to my lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, some of my, my lawyers were supposed to come here tonight. Uh, oh, yeah. I told my boys Texas, basically. Cause, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they're not going to make it. One of our guys died, so... Uh, uh, Oh, some one of the partners dies in um, Gabe Reed. So he takes care of me, Kiss, Monty and everybody. Oh, okay. He's a good guy, but uh, so I'm going to meet him in Puerto Rico. Oh, That's going to be fun. So I got arrested there last year. Oh, no. Yeah, just uh, going into there because they said visa waiver. Right. And we wasn't sure how connected it is to the United States, but it's fucking United States territory. Oh, I got As soon you. as okay. the doors open, welcome to Homeland Security. I went, ah, jeez, I'm fucked. And right. they, they handcuffed me and oh, kept me in detention. Ah, but it was a mistake. So was, yeah. it didn't go on the record, so it was all good. Oh, okay. So we'll have you talk, you know, tight yeah. to the mic if you can. I'm and you know, uh, whenever you're ready, Jay. <laughs> whenever you're ready. Cool. Mark Striegel here with Talking Metal. We have the one, the only, the legendary Paul <laughs> Diano here with us tonight. Very honored. And, Paul, welcome back to the United States. It's been you said 17, 17 years, years since yeah, you've been cheers. here. Cheers. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be here. 
And uh, I guess the troubles are pretty much sorted out, or are they still kind of no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> nah, did the time, done the crime, did the time, and you know I'm all good now. Good to go. Good. Yeah. So uh, I, this visa lasts for a year. Um, you know, they gave me the visa last year, but as I said, I couldn't accept it. So, uh, you know, uh, hopefully I'll be doing many more tours here until I retire. Good. About another two years. <laughs> no, two years. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about what's going on here. You have a, a, a this is a new band you're touring with the states. This is with? a new band I've, I'm using here, yeah, because uh, we was trying to get together with the guys a couple of years back. They're, they're based in Pittsburgh, and you know, uh, there it was it was a little weird <laughs> um, to to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to get in there, but uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome. So when did you first arrive back in the United States? I got into Pittsburgh. Got in Pittsburgh Friday. Friday, yeah, Friday, and and you got into New York City yesterday. Looked around. This is a town you used to live in. New York. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How has it changed since you've been here? Well, Brooklyn certainly changed. That's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a lot better. It's a lot yeah. cleaner and stuff. Yeah, but because um, I lived in Forest Hills and uh, West Fifty Seventh and stuff like that, and uh, but I got pissed off with the city because you know it's the same as London. It's just the cities, yeah. pretty much. There's not a lot of difference. We got five boroughs over there, and. You know, I come from the worst part of East Side London, you know, which is pretty right. much like the Bronx and shit like that. So it, it doesn't change that much, but it has got cleaner, I noticed that. Yeah. But I got fed up there, so I moved to Texas like years ago, so that was yeah. it. And that was the start of all the troubles. Yeah. Well, no, L.A. was the start of all the troubles. Well, you, got it. You, you found your troubles in New York City, too, didn't you? You used to go out drinking with people like Ace Frehley from Kiss and stuff oh, like that. Uh, well, no, I, I think I was drinking with Ace. I, I know Ace from when we did the Kiss tour and all that. But, uh, uh, oh, he's a dangerous man to be around. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, nah, he's a good guy. But uh, You nah, didn't, you didn't c encounter him in the China Club in, back in those days? No, I had my wedding reception in China Club, though. Uh, uh, yeah. We got married in Brooklyn. Me and, uh, I was an English wife, uh, like my second wife. Yeah, we got married in Brooklyn. and uh, Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. I was, we we was late for our own wedding reception because we were trying to get a taxi from outside of my apartment. Okay. And they crashed into each other, two see each other and hit each other. We're like, oh, fuck it, let's walk. So we walked down to China Club. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if it's still going. Is China Club still going? You know, it, it shut down for a while, and I, I think it reopened at some oh, point. Right. Yeah, so, oh, right. Because um, my, my, my friend Brett used to run it. You know, right. Like I don't was, know if it's the same people nah, involved. He, he's from Florida, Brett. He was, right. he, was, he was a nuts guy, I tell you. Uh, yeah, we just had some good times there. It was good. I wanted to ask you your voice and and songwriting for that what matter. Voice? Was such a <laughs> <laughs> there isn't much you want in a minute. <laughs> well, well, a lot of people consider your voice on those first two Iron Maiden albums to be such a part of that band's <sighs> history. Two two of the band's best records, uh, at least according to the hardcore fans. Um, those albums continue to be reissued. Yeah. Iron Maiden puts out DVDs with old footage of you do you mm. continue to make money off iron maiden or is oh, this yeah of course you do yeah, yeah. but uh, money was never an important thing about this uh, for me I, i'll make enough money off my own records as well so right know, but it's never been about money um i got quite enough you know i don't need any more uh this is why hence why we're doing this thing like 41 different bands around the world yeah. keep the ticket prices down especially in south america right because you know uh, that's my home um and there's not a lot of money over there Right. You know, so, you know, we do these things for the kids, keep the prices down as best we can. You know, some places we've done it for less than $5 a ticket and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I always let about 200 in for nothing as well. Yeah. You know, like get them over the wall in the back and stuff. It's all good. Now, post Iron Maiden, Excuse one. Me. Hello, Tech. Yeah, I'm sure. yawning my eyes off here. 
Oh, this is what you get for jet lag. All right, go on, carry on. <laughs> and no sleep today. Po Post Iron Maiden, you had a yeah. band that a lot of people were into, including myself, called Battlezone. Yeah. It's very hard to find that stuff today. I actually had bought one of the albums uh, off of eBay on vinyl because my cassettes mm -hmm. no longer played. Do you know <laughs> if there would be any way we could get this music released, like on iTunes or something, where people I have could no, I, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, I think they're they're all deleted now. Yeah, you know, which is um, see the last one we done was in uh, 1999, which was the Fill My Pain album. Right. Uh, we just got together and just did a one-off and um, recorded it all down at um, friend's house in uh, our studio down in Wiltshire. In, uh, where I got my other house in England, you know, yeah. uh, near Stonehenge, we done that, <coughs> um, and then the record company put out a thing called Cessation of Hostilities, which is all three albums okay. together, uh, you know, on a CD box set, and that was the last I've ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so that was it, really. So. Um, I have no idea. You don't I, I have any say, control. No, I haven't got any record yeah. I've ever made. I mean, yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. And once I've done it, rehearsed it, and played it all around the fucking world, I'm not going to be sitting and listening to my own records. Yeah. I've got that attitude. Me, I just nah. That one's finished. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about the future of Paul Diano musically. Is there any plans at this point to do a new record? You're here touring. Yes. Will, will there be a new record from you? Well, when I actually point? finish touring, which um, doesn't look any. Um, any Anytime soon at the minute. Um, you know, I'm contracted. I find it really hard to write when I'm on the road. You know, it's very difficult because um, there's so many, there's millions of distractions going on, and it's really tough. So, and I need to get home. I need to get back to San Paulo, and you know, get get in touch with the, with the city again. You know, right. and that brings it all out. You see so many different things going on there. Um, we did do five tracks in Germany last year. Okay. Uh, five, well, four new tracks and one cover. Um, well, I'm not going to talk anything about it, um, but we've had a bit of um, disagreement with the record company, yeah. so who knows? I may not be using those songs anymore, which would be a damn shame because they were absolutely great. It was like really? very industrialized, oh, cool. which was yeah a lot heavier and industrialized. But uh, me and a friend of mine, Ben in England, um, he's wrote about 18 bits of music, and I got about 10, and we're sort of linking them together. He's just sifting through it what I want. And used, and then he called me out the other day just before I left and said, Oh, right, I've got about another 20 pieces here. Oh, wow. So when I get in time, I'm piecing it all up together. Okay. You know, so, yeah, but he's very tough. Cool. Well, do you, I mean, we, A, hope to hear that stuff soon. And oh, it'll, be, it'll be done soon, I'm yeah. sure. Um, I'll get around to it somehow, but I'll, I need to get it all together and piece it all up. You know, it's, um, having little bits and pieces is not enough, you know. Right. But, but, you know, he's got some complete stuff, and I got a few pretty good ideas so you know we get it together but most of the time I was so damn tired when I come on stage all I want to do is just go to bed right and yeah. all the flying and traveling and runs you down I'm pretty fucked <laughs> to be honest with you I mean I'm yawning here and I'm like yeah. and I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing that I can't help it I'll just we got home from the gig last night about 3 3.30 in the morning mm -hmm. and took me about another two hours to get to sleep oh wow and I was up again at 8.30 and I've been awake and trying to sleep all day but people right. keep fucking ringing me up <laughs> do you do you back to the songwriting? Is that something you really enjoy writing the songs, or would you rather be on stage performing? On stage, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I find it really hard to record as well. Um, you know, like stuck within four walls. It's just it's hard to get yeah. get it out. The feeling and the emotions. I have to get really, really pissed off me when I get in the studio. Right. Um, but saying that, when we did the Living Dead album in in Brazil, sure. I was really happy with that because. Um, my band, it took them a week to learn the songs to get in the studio and record them. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my 
uh, guitar part of uh, Paulo Turin. We did this, we wrote it all in England. Then Paulo moved back to Brazil. And then I followed him about six months later. And by then we got all the band together over there, went into our studio. Um, the guys laid all the tracks down within a week. Yeah. Wow. I came in on a Monday. I remember that. I, I came into my studio on a Monday. I went in. I did the whole album plus backing vocals. So from six o'clock till twelve, we finished the whole album, mm. and then went in the next day and did the same thing again. And I thought, well, well that's enough. So it's done. And yeah. then, we, you know, we took about another two weeks mixing it, and that was it. Yeah. Got Twenty-five million records. Right. <laughs> Very good. Now, when you look back <laughs> on some of the songs that you've written, uh, even some of the classic stuff with Maiden, mm. uh, you wrote. Uh, Remember Tomorrow, mm -hmm. Running Free, uh, Killers, you, yeah. you you wrote. Can you tell us the meaning behind some of those songs? Let's start with Remember Tomorrow. What well, is that actually tomorrow, about? Well, that was, that was uh, one of my grandfather's old sayings, always, you know, always look on the bright side, son, remember tomorrow. I always, right. always stuck in my head that. And then when he died, oh, God, you know, I missed him so much because, like, uh, he pretty much brought me up, my mom, you know, my nan and that, because my right. dad died. Okay. Um, and then my mom remarried this English bloke. And, Less said about that, the better. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was only I was only small at the time. Um, so yeah, I always remembered that, you know. But yeah, my, my grandfather actually died when I was on tour with Iron Maiden. I was uh, in Scotland, and I kept flying back, you know, mm -hmm. to the hospital and stuff. And uh, it was really sad. But yeah, um, I'd already written the song by then. But like, yeah, it was a shame because he died. Um, after I played Glasgow Apollo and wow. I went back on tours, so I knew that's you know that's what he wanted me to he wanted me to do it. Was know? that on the Killers tour? Or was no, that I made tour in 1980. Tour, okay. Yeah, he died 1980. Wow. Okay. So sad, really. He was my idol. Yeah, yeah sure. He was like a builder, basically, like carpenter and stuff like that. Yeah. And I used to copy him. I used to wear the same little dungarees and his little stripy yeah. flat cap and all that. I, I did exactly the same as he did, and sitting there bashing around with hammers and nails. Yeah. It, it was great. Wow, uh, fantastic! And what about a song like Killers? That Killers co-wrote with Steve. Oh, Harris. I tried to be a smart ass with that one. I was, um, I was trying to do like, um, yeah. So obviously it's about a killer, you know, like somebody who's like very deranged sort of thing. I tried to get it like um, his reasoning for doing that. Um, it didn't quite work out that way, <laughs> and, and then sort of get the, you know. The public's view of it. I, I didn't quite actually get it right. I don't think, but yeah. you know, but it sounded good enough, so we kept it. But I was trying to do it in like a, a two, a two or three way thing. You know what I mean? But um, we didn't have enough. There wasn't enough time to get it all in, so pulled out what I wanted and then just kept it. You know, as it is. So it's basically just about the one person who's like deranged and likes yeah. to kill people. Yeah. There's a few of them over here in this country. And you mentioned uh, the Living Dead <coughs> album and the Living mm. Dead song, which was actually a music video for what? Yeah. Uh, what actually w was that inspired by? Lyrically? Oh, the Living Dead. Oh my God. Uh, see, all my travels around the world and stuff like that. Uh, the Living. Dead, it's actually quite a dark album. There. Uh, the Living Dead itself. It's um, just lost the will. To, you know, you see so much death and destruction around, you know, right. and, and all these people like starving in South America, you know, like in Honduras and you know places like that, Nicaragua, Salvador, and it breaks my heart seeing these people like that. But you sort of become, 
like a zombie to it. And, you know, you get overkill. It's like everyone like now with what's going on with the Haiti and that. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you can see so much of it that you become the, numb. Yeah. yeah. yeah and totally that was it. I've sort of become numb, become the living dead. I'll just, you know, I can't feel it anymore. Right. You know, there was that one and Nomad, the, the actual song of the album as well, Nomad. That was right. the original title of the, of yeah, the album. Right, right, right. That song is the same thing. It's like moving around the world and, you know, seeking peace but finding none. Yeah. Because everywhere you go, there's fucking chaos going on, you know. Maybe this is the third coming of the Antichrist. Right. <laughs> Clive Burr has not been well physically. No. Have you heard from him at all? Do you know what <laughs> yeah. his current state is? Um, yeah, not very good at all. Um, I mean, um, last time I spoke to Clive, well, tried to speak to Clive, he was, um, yeah, he sounds drunk all the time. He sounds like he's in his voice, you know, like right. gross. He's got many different ways. He's a bloody evil disease. Um, he can't walk. Can't use his hands now, and it's all in his voice. It sounds terrible. I mean, I've done, I think I've done quite a few Clive aids. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'll do as many as they want me to, just to sort of help out because you know he's, he's a great friend and sure. I love him to death. But um, it's very difficult for me to sort of see him because I always want to cry, and I think that's yeah. the last thing he needs for me to do is that. But um, you know, he's got the great support of Mimi's wife and stuff. You know, she's also a sufferer herself. But yeah, you know, I heard that, yeah. yeah, but she's got very little of it. It's all different stages. The Clive's probably one of the worst stages you can ever get of it. Wow. But yeah, it's so sad. Um, I don't know. I hope he's happy. Um, I don't suppose he would be really with that. But you know, mm -hmm. as happy as you can be. But um, it's, we're doing this Clive thing because we're, um, we're trying to get all the money up for him to go and have this stem cell treatment. Oh, okay. But it's bloody dangerous as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, but risky. Thing, or, yeah, 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 the thing is, you, you know, he's going to die anyway right. of the multiple sclerosis or you're going to die at some stage. So, to me, I'd take the chance if it was me, mm -hmm. you know, because um, you've got nothing to lose. Right. You know, and it could give him something where he could actually walk again. I'm not going to say he's ever going to play drums again because I doubt that'll ever happen. Yeah. But, you know, a, you know, a lot more movement than that because um, when we was filming that... Um, what was it, the early years or whatever it was for Iron Maiden? Right. We went up yeah. and done our bits. Yeah, I see Clive a couple of weeks before that and he was walking. Wow. And then apparently he got up to get his remote control on the TV and fell over oh backwards boy. and has ended up in a wheelchair and he's been in it ever bloody since. Wow. Yeah, wow. which is bloody awful. Because um, we were laughing about it at the time. He said his leg had plastered then as well as he busted his leg. But um, and we filmed our bits um, within a couple of minutes of each other and that. So we sort of hung out for a couple of hours out there and uh, mm -hmm. it was cool. But me and Bruce, uh, we did a live aid, a live aid, live aid for him right. um, about three years ago in London, in, in East London and that. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool actually. Yeah. Um, I think the kids liked it having both of us there. But it was cool. Yeah. But and um, are you, you you mentioned Bruce. Do you, do you hear ever from any of the other current members of Iron Maiden? Yeah. Um, well, now me and Steve meet up at airports and that occasionally. Is uh, when Maiden played in Brazil the other year. They was asking for me, but I was in on tour in Germany, unfortunately. Uh, okay. And um, oh, I am a bit of a sore point at the moment because um, when they played in Brazil last year, my cousins. They went to see them play, and they're from uh, a city just outside of Sao Paulo in uh, Campinas. Okay. And on the way home, um, one of the sisters lost control of the car, and the other one went through the windscreen. So, oh, so my Sorry poor old Carla, that, yeah. she's not feeling very well at the minute, but oh, she'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Cheers. Metal. My Good luck at the show tonight. We will be Thank there rooting you, you on, and uh, and welcome back to the, uh, to the United States Thank of America. Thank you very much. It's good to be here anyway. Cheers for that. Thank <laughs> you. Returns, shadows fall, cold wind blows.
Cool. 